Hello, and welcome to Be Intentional, the podcast that talks about marketing, mindset, and what it takes to be an impactful entrepreneur. I am an introvert, and it's sometimes hard for people to tell because when I'm around or whether I'm doing a podcast or I'm doing an interview, I seem very extroverted, but in fact, I am very, very introverted. I really enjoy my own company. I am totally fine in perfect silence. I enjoy just being out in the wilderness or being at home alone in my own thoughts, doing my own thing. And I always, always have to take a day to recharge if there's a huge event and there's a lot of people around and I've been having to, you know, converse and do things, no matter how much I enjoyed it, no matter how much I love the event and how much I love doing what I did, I still need a day to recharge. Now, today we are going to be talking to Monica Parkin, and she has this book that I've read like two times over already, and I know I'm going to read it more and more, and I can't recommend it enough. She is the author of Overcoming Awkward, an introvert's guide to networking, marketing, and sales. Now, you guys know I'm in marketing. I love marketing, but man, never have I read something that I resonated with so much because I know the power of networking and that person-to-person, face-to-face, you know, interactions and how vital that is to move your business forward when you're starting a company, when you're trying to connect with people, when you're trying to make an impact. And we're all about making an impact here, right? Being an impactful entrepreneur, being intentional about the life you're creating. And Monica's book is spot on because when you're introverted, man, you really need a lot of willpower to get up and go to these networking events. And she tells you one, If you're going to do it, how to do it, but that you don't have to do it, that there are other ways. And man, I just love her take on this. I love her heart. And it is such a pleasure and an honor to be able to speak with her today because I felt like this was talking directly to me as an introvert. And so if you're introverted, I know you're going to love today's episode and I know you're going to love learning more about Monica and what she's doing. And trust me, trust me, get her book. I literally read it. And then I went and got the audiobook. It is amazing. It is that good. So go get her book. Without further ado, thank you so much, Monica, for being here today. Thank you. I am really excited to be here today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Me too. It is so exciting to have you here. I am in the middle of your book, your audiobook, and and I actually kind of ping pong between your audiobook and reading it because I like. I like reading the books on my Kindle. Um, and there is so much great information on there. I, I guess they heard before. I highly recommend it. One of the things that I love that you talked about in there is you said that people notice people who notice them. And I, I love that because it was such a, an easy way to kind of lead into the networking and being able to be your authentic self and connecting with people, you being introverted, me being introverted. A lot of the the entrepreneurs that I know are actually quite introverted, which is what makes them really good at what they do. And this book and, and your speaking and the things that you talk about, you put networking in a whole different way than I've ever heard of it. So I would love if you could talk to us a little bit about the way you view networking and the way, you know, we've kind of learned to think about networking. 
Yeah, that was that was a real key takeaway for me on this journey too, is that people notice people who notice them. I kind of stumbled onto that totally by accident, but I'm going to go back to your second point first and just talk about, you know, that traditional way of networking. That's when I first came into the industry. I happen to be a mortgage broker and I own a couple other businesses, but first thing when I got into that industry is they're like, okay, you got to go to an event. You got to go hand out your card. You got to go shake hands. You got to tell people why you're so awesome. And so, you know, they invited me to this chamber of commerce event and me, this total socially awkward introvert, you know, I drove up to that event and I was like, oh no, oh no, I don't know if I can do this, right? Went, walked in, saw the faces, turned around, went back into my car, sat there for like half an hour trying to decide what I was going to do. You know, co-worker showed up, so I had to go inside, ended up spending, you know, part of the night literally in the bathroom checking my phone because, you know, that's what I used to do in high school. When you're when you're nervous, you just disappear and come back at the end and say, yay, wasn't that fun? Um, but, uh, but, you know, when I figured out that night that that's not how I want to network, I, I tell this story of how I actually, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to introduce myself. I'm going to tell everybody, you know, why I'm the best mortgage broker ever, how I can do everything for them. I'm going to hand out cards. And I did all that stuff. And I got home at the end of the night and I'm like, I'm looking at all these cards in my hand and I'm like, like, I don't, I didn't connect with any of these people. I don't know who they are. Like I ended up just throwing them in the garbage. And then after I threw them in the garbage, I had like this light bulb moment where I was like, oh crap. If I just threw all their cards in the garbage, like that means they just threw all my cards in the garbage. That means that that hour that I just spent full of anxiety, totally psyching myself up, thinking I'm networking like a bomb, I probably didn't build an authentic connection with a single person. And that's when I kind of was like, I think I got to find a different way to do this. And that took me some time. But you're right. One of the things I found along the way was it people notice people who notice them. And I kind of stumbled upon that by accident. Partly because I noticed that there was some people that had kind of noticed me and they were giving me a little shout out on social media like, oh, our mortgage broker was so awesome. Go see her. Or, hey, Monica, high five. I saw your saw your presentation the other day. It was awesome. And I was like, you know, when I think about the people that I want to do business with, it's the people that have given me a shout out or that have noticed me. What if I start doing that for other people? Like what's going to happen. And so I started doing that. Like we'd go out for dinner and, and it was amazing. So I'd like shoot a picture and I'd leave a review and I'd share that review or I'd, or, you know, someone would come to our house and do an amazing job and I'd share that review. And what I found that business, like I wasn't looking for business, but business just flowed back to me from those interactions because you make people feel good. You make them feel important. You make them feel valued they want to do business with you. They remember who you are. Like you always remember the person that says you're awesome. Who doesn't, right? Definitely. It's funny because one of the things with that, people notice people who, you know, notice them. It's one of those things where as an introvert, it sometimes you don't want to be noticed, right? Sometimes it's hard to go in there. And uh, and I love the title uh, of your book because I feel like it, it, it speaks volumes, like, you know, overcoming the awkward. And you talk about being your authentic self. In fact, I, I love if you can share a little bit of the story of, of when you when you reached out to other people in your industry and, and what and they what they told you and what your thoughts were because they mirrored my thoughts exactly. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's so true. So after this was sort of after I'd been to this networking event and I was trying to buy leads and I was taking out Facebook ads, I was doing all this stuff and it was like no business was coming in. I was completely dry. I was paying rent. I was paying fees. I was like, I don't know how much longer I can 
I can survive in this industry. I literally don't have a single customer and I'm spending money on all these things. And, and those things, by the way, work in combination with other stuff, but just on their own with no relationships, it's really hard for them to drive themselves. But so I reached out to, yeah, to some people in my industry that were just killing it, just crushing it. And I'm like, what's the secret? Like, what do I do? Am I buying the wrong leads? Am I advertising? Am I using the wrong keywords? Like, what am I doing? And they all said, you know what? You just like, you just got to be yourself. And I was like, this is crap. Like, this is the stupidest advice ever. That's what people used to say to me in grade two. And I couldn't make friends. Oh, just be yourself and people will like you. But then I called the next person and the next person said the same thing. And then the next person said the same thing. And I was like, huh? Well, if three or four people say the same thing, like, maybe I should take a pause and, and think about this advice and then, and how can I apply this advice? And so I did that and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to be me like quirky, weird me. And by the way, quirky me is like a crazy goat person. I own a bunch of miniature goats. I'm crazy about goats and chickens and animals. So instead of me and my professional blazer sitting at my desk talking about raids, when I went on my social media, I started like posting pictures of me out in the barnyard with my goats or using my goat in some of my promotional stuff or like literally like whatever, just me, crazy me out my gumboots, like hair not done, no makeup, just me, authentic me, my crazy ideas. And wild and crazy things started to happen, right? Like the unexpected happened, which is people now saw me as a real person and they started to connect with me, not just with my business. And then they made the connection between my business and me. And then all of a sudden, those ads that I've been doing or those promotions, it wasn't just a business out there. It was, oh, hey, that's the crazy goat lady. I've seen her. I know her. And so now my advertising was meaningful because there was a person behind it. Like I took my little goats one day to the vet to get their checkups and they were going to be late. So I said, how about I just leave them here? I'll come back later today. And my tagline on social media is mortgage Monica, but I'm often posting pictures of my goats and stuff. So I went to pick them up later and the lady's like, oh my goodness, we had like three people in here and they all asked, are those mortgage Monica's goats? You know, in the end of the day, someone had already posted a picture. They're like, oh, look at what I saw at the vet today. I saw mortgage Monica's goats. Like this viral thing happened. And ultimately it all came just from me being me, like my authentic quirky self, the part of me that I've literally never shown anyone before. I had only been business Monica, but once I became just crazy goat lady Monica, like who I really am, it gives other people, like when you're vulnerable or when you're the, you're yourself, it actually gives other people the freedom to be themselves and to let their walls down. And that's, that's where relationships happen. That's where those connections start. I love that. And, and I know people listening and Hearing your story, it sounds like one day you were going to networking events and feeling overwhelmed. And then the next day you're writing a book and being on podcasts and you're being a public speaker and you have these great businesses and you have these great investments and you did all these wonderful things. And so uh, going back to kind of walk people through how to get from point A to point B, right? Because it feels like a big, a big gap. Um, any tips for people who are just starting out and they're going, okay, feels awkward to to post on social media. It feels awkward to go out and, and meet people. My my friends and I used to joke that um, 
the only way as adults we met new people was like if you're trapped in a box with us right that's like school or work or any of that type of stuff because it was hard to make friends as an adult you make it seem so easy and and the way you write it is so authentic and genuine it, it, it flows so easy um for people who are just starting out in business any tips from how to get from point a to point b yeah. So one is it doesn't happen overnight. I probably make it look like it happens overnight, but it happened over the course of, of a few years, right? It wasn't like one day I'm this total introvert and the next day I'm walking around doing shows and writing a book. But but the momentum started pretty quickly. Like, But it took time for me to get comfortable with that. And I started with like these super, super tiny baby steps. Like I literally was the person who would drop my kids off at the curb at school so I didn't have to talk to the other parents or I wouldn't let my kids come over. I wouldn't let my kids have friends over because if they did, then, or I wouldn't let them go to their friend's house because if they went to the friend's house, then I'd have to have their friends over. If I had their friends over, I'd have to talk to their parents. If I had to talk to their parents, well, like that could open up a whole can of worms and that just made like my stomach just knot up in terror, right? And I, um, I wouldn't even talk to like the grocery clerk when I went to the store, you know, I don't know about there but here when you go to Costco they read your name off the card and they're like oh hello Monica how was your thing today and oh I see you've got dog food in the card how many dogs do you have and I would I would be so mad I would be like why are you talking to me why are you announcing my name to the store like don't talk to me that's like that's so not cool and so I kind of had to I call it acting as if but or fake it till you make it whatever I had to get up in the morning and pretend that I liked those things I was like what would happen if I just pretended that I like those things, even though I don't, and then look for evidence that it was working, right? So that first day I get to the grocery store lineup and the clerk wants to talk to me. And at first I'm like, don't talk to me. And then I'm like, no, no, Monica, you said today you like to talk to people. Let's pretend you like it. And so instead of shutting down, looking at the ground, not talking to her, I thought, well, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if I like smile and respond to her? And the worst thing that happened is I found out like there was a sale on one of the items in my cart and I got a better deal. So at the end of that day, when I'm kind of cataloging what worked, I was like, you know, talking to that cashier today wasn't so bad. I found out there was a sale on. And, you know, then the next day, I think maybe I reached out to someone on social media because I was too scared to pick up the phone and call them. So I just sent them a little quick message. Hey, I saw your Instagram video today. It was super cute. And that was actually terrifying just to hit send on that. But then they wrote me back and they're like, oh yeah, and blah, blah, blah. And thanks for that. And maybe we should get together sometime. Or have you heard about this group? And I was like, wow, that went better than I expected. So I just kept like dipping my toes into these little tiny, super safe social interactions, like where there's nothing at stake. And every time I did it, I noticed what worked. And every time I did it, something cool came out of it. And then I just kept building on that and building on that. And it's like, it's like anything, the more you practice, the better you get at it, right? No one becomes a world-class soccer player overnight. I'm a horrible soccer player. And if I only do it once a year, I'm just going to fall on my face. But if I practice every single day, I get to be pretty good at it. So if I practice little tiny social interactions every day, and then every month I step it up a little another notch, another notch, another notch, over time, I get good at it. So maybe I start with just a, a message on social media, like a, a text message. They can ignore it if they don't want it. it. There's no pressure. And then maybe the next time I start with posting my own idea, and then maybe the next time I include my photo... And then maybe when I get really brave, I make a little video. And if I don't like the video, I delete it and I re-record it. 
But you fail 100% of the times you don't try, right? I don't know who said that, but it's so true. And so I just needed to try and be willing to fail. And uh, that's where that's where that went. I, I love that. And now you do all these amazing things and, and inspire all of us and, and make us laugh. And having gone from from that almost extreme to the, to this extreme, a lot of people are running businesses and COVID had, they had to adjust and adapt and, you know, pivoting on a lot of different things, juggling all the things that you do, you know, with the brokerage and with the book and with the speaking and, you know, things like this. How do you juggle so many different things while it seems like we're, I don't want to say on unsteady ground, but it seems like things are moving so quickly. You know, technology moves so fast, um, different resources, some of the, especially with the brick and mortar businesses, they're, they're having to close one day, open another day, and it feels reactive, like they just have to react to what's coming at them. And I, I know for myself, I just have the, the nonprofit, the podcast and the, and the business, the marketing service business, and it feels like a lot. And you do so much. So how any tips for, for business owners who feel like they're juggling a lot of things? Yeah, funny you should say that because I don't know if you're aware, but my podcast name is actually called Juggling Without Balls. It's for women who just juggle so much stuff. And, uh, you know, some days it's really overwhelming. Some days it's really full of joy. But, you know, what I try to do is, A, look for the joy in every experience. Look for the silver lining. Like, even when things are going wrong, like, you know, when COVID hit, all of a sudden it was like, well, what's working? Well, what's working is I can now speak virtually, which means I can speak in Scotland and I don't have to get on a plane. So, A, look looking for the silver lining and B something someone said to me on my podcast, actually, that was really impactful for me. She said, you know, no offense, Monica, but like, you're not that important. And at first I was like, what do you mean? I'm not that important. That seems kind of mean. She's like, well, if you don't get something done today, like the world won't fall apart. You're the only one that's going to care. If you don't meet that deadline, chances are you're the only one that cares. And if you wait till tomorrow to do it, it's, it's literally not the end of the world. It's only the end of your world. Like you're not that important. And I hear that voice in my head a lot. Uh, her name's Karen McKinnon, by the way, she's a photographer. But um, so now when I'm kind of overwhelmed, and I've got all this stuff to do, one is I look like, what can wait? What falls into that you're not that important category? And it's just me trying to be perfect like is it good enough at 80% done or do I need to do 100% like is 80% done actually good and is the final 20% just me putting ribbons and bows on it and making it like absolutely perfect and then I think the third thing is like those relationships as you build those relationships those are the people that get you through those crazy times like when I had no relationships no community around me no people around me when I got overwhelmed, I was really overwhelmed because I was totally alone. Now that I've got this huge community of business owners and people around me that I can reach out to, I can, like, I, I just have so many resources to call upon. So I think if you can cultivate those relationships, all the other stuff becomes less overwhelming because I can, you know, I can, and and delegating what I'm not good at. Like I'm really not good at podcast editing. So now I send it to a podcast editor and he does it. And yeah, it cost me 40 bucks or whatever it is, but that's, that's time well spent for me. Like time is money and that's an hour I get to spend with my family or I get to spend on something I'm really excited about. 
So my advice would be to take the things that you don't get really excited about that you're not really passionate about and see if you can give them to someone else and then look for the silver lining because there's always, you know, I've just seen so many businesses just pivot in the most amazing ways when they're willing, like to find a pivot, to find a silver lining. I love that. That's great. You know, one of the things that you had said in this is, uh, you know, the relationships, building that relationship, building that, those community. And one of the things that I loved that you said in your book was about communication. I had a meeting recently with um, my staff and we bring in a lot of statistics because I'm in marketing. So we have a lot of stats on different things. And one of the things that we saw was customer service and how those numbers are so low and the bar is so low now. And we had talked about making sure that we don't lower our bar just because a lower bar would still be higher than what it is now, but we keep our standards the way they are. And a big part of that is the communication aspect of it. And I, I love all the examples that you gave in the book. And guys, I, I highly recommend that you go and, and listen to this or, or buy it or read it and hand it to your friends because there's so many, so much valuable insight in this. But one of the things that was amazing is communication. And I, I love your, your take on on communication and how that builds relationship. And so um, I would love to hear some tips on on that when you're networking, when you're building relationships on how important that communication is and how to go about doing that. Because I, I feel like now it's been, it, you know, people say it should be this way, but I love the way you put it in your book. Yeah. And I'm struggling right now to remember what was in that chapter, but I'll tell you what sort of my top three or top two communication pieces are. One is just responsiveness, right? To actually be responsive. Don't take that email and put it in a folder and think I'll get back to it next week. And for me in my industry, like as a mortgage broker, when we fail to respond to people, their stress levels elevate, right? Like they don't know what's going on. So if I'm, for instance, when I was buying a car, uh, they didn't have the car that I wanted. And so they said, we'll go look for it. But then I never heard from them and two weeks go by and three weeks go by and I haven't heard from them. So I go looking for that car elsewhere and I find it. And then they call me when I'm on the way home and they're like, we found your car. And I'm like, well, like you didn't call me. You didn't talk to me. I didn't know you'd found it. So just that a, the responsiveness and B, the keeping people in the loop, because that's what creates stress for a client is when they don't know what's going on. So like when I take someone's mortgage application that day, first of all, I'll lay out the agenda. Like this is when you're going to hear from me. I'll update you every two days. And it might take a week after I submit that application for a lender to get back to me. But every two days, I'm actually going to just shoot them a little email and say, hey, you know what? Everything's going great. There's nothing to worry about. It's just sitting in the queue. Because if I don't do that, their brain starts to go to this place where like, oh, maybe our credit's not good enough. Maybe they didn't like our pay stub. They start having, they start imagining the worst case scenario. Just like when my kid goes out the door to a party and it's one in the morning and I haven't heard from him, my brain immediately goes to worst case scenario. But if he just shoots me a quick text and says, hey, mom, everything's good then like my whole central nervous system calms down. I'm relaxed. I'm calm. The same thing happens to your client. And then the other thing is like not avoiding bad news, right? When you get bad news, the tendency is to, I'm not going to tell them, I'm going to go find a solution rather than say, Hey, you know what? There's been a little hiccup. I'm working on it. These are the options. Don't sweat it. 
Um, because again, if you don't call that person back because you haven't found a solution yet, their mind is going to worst case scenario. And then um, the other, well, I have a few examples, but the other thing for me is, you know, when you make a mistake, you got to own it and you got to fix it and you got to acknowledge it because I don't know about you, but when someone makes a mistake and they immediately start trying to cover it up, they tell me why it's not their fault, why it's someone else's fault, maybe why it's my fault. I never want to deal with that person again. And I think people think, well, if it's not my fault, then they won't be mad and it'll be okay. But honestly, the minute you try to pretend that something's not your fault, you, you just lose all your credibility if you can just say, oh, wow, I made a mistake. I know what the solution is. I'm going to fix it. Let me make it right. I trust that person more and I'll go back to them again rather than the person that made the mistake and won't own it. Uh, so I think that's a big piece is one is owning your mistakes to communicate even when you think you don't need to. Like even when you think everything is going well, just shoot a message and say, by the way, everything's going great. You don't need to worry about it because that silence on the line is what creates stress and anxiety for clients. And and then honoring your word, right? If you say you're going to do something and the timeline changes and you can't do it, you need to preemptively get in front of that problem and communicate that to the client. I completely agree. And I, I love how in the book, you also mentioned that when you're starting the communication to, to as long as it's not like really in depth or something, you know, vitally important, important, but if it's just a touch base or, or to open that communication to do it in whatever, whatever medium you find comfortable. Cause I know, especially now there's a lot of people who, who uh, we make a joke, right? It's like our, our phone, don't call us on our cell phone because we don't use it for that. Like <laughs> we use it for text, we use it for email, we use it for social media. And so being able to open that line of communication is more important than actually the the medium you use. I, I know a lot of people who don't like making phone calls, people who text. I know for myself, it's a lot easier to get me via text than to get me on the phone just because I'll be doing things like this or in a meeting or different things like that. And of course, unless you have to explain something then in person or, or phone call is, is vital. But uh, taking those baby steps to being able to be able to make sure that you're at very at the very least reaching out to put them at ease because it is it is interesting how much anxiety we have when we don't hear people i don't know we there used to be a saying when i grew when i was growing up like no news is good news but for some reason that never felt right because with no news you just your mind goes into like the worst case scenario yeah it's true you know we sold um a property last year and we were waiting to get like the check so we could release release the keys and the check hadn't shown up in the morning. But the lawyer kept phoning me every couple hours, you know, or she'd send me a text and she'd say, by the way, it's not here yet, but I've called the other office. I'm told it's coming, you know, finally four o'clock and they're closing. And I'm like, is it there yet? And she's like, no, it's not there, but don't worry. I'm going to stay till it gets here. 4.15, she texted me, said, it's arrived. It's all good. You can give them the keys. Like all through the day, she kept me updated. And what could have been a super stressful day wasn't stressful because I knew she totally had it under control. She showed me that she had it under control by keeping me updated. If she had ignored my calls, if she didn't respond to my texts, if she blew me off, then I would have been angry. I would have been anxious. I would, I, but I was like, I want to bring this woman some flowers when we're done because <laughs> she kept me calm all day. And the only thing she did was a quick little text or an email throughout the day. Like, 
don't worry, I'm waiting for it. Don't worry, I'm on it. Like I knew that I didn't have to worry because she was doing all the worrying for me on my behalf. And honestly, I wouldn't have cared how she communicated that to me, whatever she was comfortable with. The only important thing was that she did communicate it to me. Right. And and I love that. And so speaking of communication, pivoting into the other way, because you, you talk about showing up authentically, even on social media and on stage or now virtual stage, right, for speaking. And I know that because of, you know, the pandemic, because of technology, even, uh, in fact, I got a, a notice last week, a couple of days ago, actually, at the end of the week, that one of the, the speaking engagements that I'm going to have in the summer is actually moving to more of like the meta Oculus, like virtual stage platform, which is new to me. So I'm going to have to figure that out, which I find going to be really fun, interesting, but showing up as your authentic self and speaking those two things sometimes, you know, are, are really nerve wracking. <laughs> and so any tips for people who are getting into the speaking industry or having to show up more online because they're not able to, you know, show up and, and talk with their customers because of the COVID things and different things that have been going on. Any tips for people who are pivoting into that speaking industry and showing up in this medium? Yeah. One of the things that really helped me, A, is you do, you got to be your authentic self when you're on stage. Because what happens when you're trying to be someone you're not, then you got all these windows open in the background, right? You go, well, how do I look? And where am I putting my hands? And blah, blah, blah. And what do I sound like? And do I look like this person that I'm not? And you're like a computer with all the windows open. And then you freeze up because you're trying to do too many things at once. But if you're just like, hey, what you see is what you get. I'm going to be me. Then the only window that's open is you. And it's really easy to talk because you're not focusing on all that other stuff and you're not trying to be someone you're not. But the biggest thing for me as a speaker that's really, I think, cultivated my speaking, it's made my speaking more impactful. It's made it so I never need to use notes. I never refer to notes is I use stories, right? I, I If I got to make a point, I find a story that goes with it. And then all I'm doing is I'm replaying the movie film from my mind about the time that happened. And every time it might be a little different, the details might change a little, just like stories do in real life. But I don't have to look at my notes. I don't have to memorize facts. I'm literally just say, just replaying this film from my mind. And A, it comes off super authentic because it really happened to me. And it's literally like me telling a story. There's no weird pauses or me looking down at my notes. There's no trying to remember something. And my nervousness goes away because my body almost transports me back to the time when that happened. And at the time when it happened, I was probably pretty relaxed, very engaged. So instead of thinking about being on the stage, my mind is thinking about, oh, that time I had that interaction with that client or that time, whatever, the egg blew up in my face or whatever, like... It, and it adds some humor. My vocal variety automatically gets better because, again, I'm remembering something. I'm not gurging out something I memorized. So the more we go back to our authentic self, to stories from our real life, rather than facts, figures, statistics, the more we engage the audience and the better we speak because we don't have all those windows open in our brain at the same time, which most of us awkward people do. I think that's what makes us awkward is the fact that, you know, oh, did I look at this person too long? Did I pause appropriately? Like all that stuff. But if you're just remembering something, all that stuff goes into the background and you're just in that moment again. That's great. I, I love that. And that is, I mean, that's the, the best advice because it is one of those things where 
we see the speaker that goes on before us and or the few speakers that go on before us and they're really animated but if you're really serious that's okay you know if you're funny and the person in front of you was really serious sometimes you feel like you got to tone it down and and doing that really hurts you on stage really hurts you when you're coming trying to come across mimicking someone else when you talk about uh social media and being on social media and you have this analogy about like the cake and the icing and I would love, you know, the final question here to be, uh, to tell us a little bit about that and what that means showing up on social media. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but I've had this happen where someone has sent me a friend request and I'm like, oh, cool. I'll be their friend. And then every single post is business, 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 business. I got this product. I got that product. See this product. And all of a sudden you're like, nah, I don't. I don't want to follow them anymore and you unfollow, right? The way I, I think of that is like your post should be like a cake, right? It should be 90% cake, 10% icing. Because even if you were shopping for an icing cake, like even if you were like, I love icing, it's the best thing ever. I just want an ice. I just love icing. If I handed someone a big two inch slab of icing cake and said, well, you love icing. Here you go. They'd take about two bites and they'd be like, whoa, that was way more than I had in mind, right? But if you give them the cake and a little taste of the icing, then they actually want more icing, right? But if you just give them all icing, then they're like, oh, that's too much. So I kind of use this 90-10 rule on social media, which is 90% me, my authentic self, my community, people around me celebrating them, 10%, this little sprinkle of a business, a little sprinkle of icing on top. And that kind of leaves people wanting a bit more. And it gives them a, it lets them connect your business to yourself without making them want to unfollow you because you're just kind of getting spammy on them. That's great. And because businesses, a person to person business, right? doesn't matter what industry you're in. It's always us dealing with people. So if people want to connect with you and learn more about you, where, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me uh, mortgagemonica.ca. Pretty easy to find. I'm also on in uh, LinkedIn, Instagram. Uh, made my first TikTok video the other day. Right. I'm sure you'll put all that stuff in the show notes. Yeah. But really quick and easy if you want to find me is just mortgagemonica.ca. The book is on Amazon. It's actually number one on Audible uh, this week as an right. Audible bestseller. A new release, not just in the bestseller category, but the number one in the new release category. And uh, the only thing I will tell you, if you're searching for it on Google, the link that it gives you will tell you it's sold out. You just click on it and ta-da, new copies will become available. It's just a little little glitch in their algorithm. But uh, yeah, I look forward to connecting with anybody. Feel free to drop me a message and I'd love to chat about some of the things we talked about on the show. Great. Yes. And all of those will be in the show notes because I know you're like me. If you listen to this while you're driving and you know or walking around it's hard to remember all that stuff so we make it easy for you to click and go connect with monica and say hi if there's someone who i can definitely vouch for that gets back to her messages and actually does communicate and doesn't ghost people it is monica so thank you so much for being here it was such a pleasure and i look forward to talking to you again yeah, and thank you for having me on the show. And uh, your listeners just really are in for a treat with you. I'd listened to a few episodes today getting ready, and I enjoyed every one of them. So thanks for having me on and uh, looking forward to hearing some more in the future. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you so much. And guys, until next time, bye. Thank you for spending a little time with me today on Be Intentional Podcast. I would love to connect with you and hear about how you're applying today's message in your marketing, in your personal life, in your business. 
you can DM me at Josh Olmos SR. That's J O S H O L M O S S R. Or LinkedIn, Joshua Olmos, or website, josholdmossr.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. And if you feel like you would benefit the listeners and that you want to be a guest on the podcast, please feel free to reach out. I would love to hear your story and what you're doing to be an intentional, impactful entrepreneur.